If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Scene Snobs podcast. We're back again with a bonus episode this week. I am Mick Manhattan, the Scene Snob, and join with me is the other Scene Snob. The Madman, <laughs> Casey Plot. A pleasure as always. So much for joining us. We're so excited for this super special extra episode. I got you. You just messed me up, man. I just looked at the pictures in back of you, and it's been a while since like you've had that backdrop. And you and before that, like you did, I just saw swastikas, and it screwed me up well hey man it's really important to remember that in this house we punch nazis in the face all for it 100 with you i'm ready to join the fight and i'm so glad that once it focused in and i i realized that it was actually captain hitler america punched in the face by punching hitler in the face america. yes uh but i will say it was a little startling at first because i'm like i know this man that's not him. <laughs> oh, Captain America punching him in the face. Look, if it, if it's not a good look, I will absolutely swap it out. No, no, no. No, no. It is a great look. Okay. All right. And right. now that I see what it is, we might need to get maybe like a like a spotlight on it. <laughs> Something brighter because the dim, the, the, yeah, the colors aren't quite popping. I see now. It's not uh, great. But I do love it. And I see the star spangly punch and I love it. Um so very cool background drop, my friend. I love them all. Brought it back. Brought it back. But we, you know, we have a bonus episode this week. Dude, we have one of my favorite people on this planet. I talk yes. about him all the time on the show. I bring him up randomly in conversation because we all should. And I'm well, super excited to have him on for this if, super special episode. If anybody has watched the Scene Stops podcast for longer than like a week, uh, you know who this man is. Yeah. And we're going to bring him on. He's a friend of the show. I am the president of his fan club. I'm saying that now. I don't know if that's true because I'm, I'm not, just someone but... with a big loud horn who screams randomly and awkwardly. You're the vice president. Oh, I mean, but that's pretty much what the vice president does, right? Well, you'll become president one day. After or I'm we have like a terrible right now, other president take over. Like I wind up yeah. having to make sure that we have the food. Yeah. I'm like the craft services. I make the goulash. To bring. I just compared myself to a great man like Obama, and I'm I feel like really bad about it. Yeah, so, all right, go with it. <laughs> but I'd call him a great man, so we all know. All right, so be, why we're going crazy. Let's bring this man in. He is so much fun to talk to every time he comes on the show. He's filmmaker, actor. He's been in the business for a long time. And uh, he's a very famous Disney character, by the way, just so you guys know. That's Mr. Blaine Weaver. Hello. It's What's so up? good to see you guys, and I love that intro. Please tell everyone all of those things all the time. It helps constantly. <laughs> well, and you know constantly. what? It, it continues because we just covered you at this point. Now we have to cover this brand new movie that you have coming out. I want you to tell us about it a little bit. They're the sponsor of tonight's show. It's coming out this week. We want you guys to go and check it out. Check out everything Blaine does. Cut to the chase. That's my favorite. Uh, actually, I don't know. Cut to the chase. My favorite six month rule is really good too. 
Yeah, six well, months. Thank was you great. so much. Look at that. Uh, I appreciate I, the, the plugs. <laughs> absolutely, man. You know, from the very first time you were on the show, I, you know, I watched all your stuff. So, and I'm a fan. But, Blaine, tell us about the new movie. I've got a new movie. Guys, uh, so it's uh, it's called Cupid for Christmas. It's a charming, hopefully romantic comedy, Christmas movie. Um, it's a crossover between Valentine's Day and Christmas. Uh, basically, Cupid, who's played by Richard Kind, who's an iconic comedic actor. Um, he uh, He's Cupid, and he has this protege uh, whose name is Ruby, and that's uh, played by Melanie Stone. And... Um, he wants to retire. She's going to take over his job, but she has one job to do before that. She has to find love for the most romantically hopeless person in the world before Christmas. Um, and so that's what the movie's about. Keep it for Christmas. And it is premiering on Hulu on Saturday. So yes, we got this great platform. We're very excited. You know, everybody's watching Hulu and uh, we're just happy to be there. And I hope everybody gets to check it out. Well, you're also in the movie too, right? I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I have a little cameo. Um, uh, well, behind the scenes stuff. Uh, there's a uh, there's a fight scene in it, and uh, I was also directing the movie, and so I thought, well, maybe I should play this part that fights one of the main characters, so that nobody, uh, if anybody gets hurt, hopefully it'll be me, and uh, we can, <laughs> we can just roll with that. Uh, but it's a good excuse to have a fun, you know scrappy comedic fights and that you know the that's one thing about a director being able to step in and do that and i mean you're a talented actor who's been in this business for a long time um and that's that's a testament to how much you know about this business and we've talked about um but to be able to step in as a director and say i'll take the hit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on this one just in case well you're, you're protecting I, you, people. You mentioned Cut to the Chase, and you know, Cut to the Chase is a movie I made uh, like five or six years ago, something like that. And uh, I wanted to make uh, an action thriller noir, but on a very low budget. And like, really, the only way that you can do something like that is if you are willing to throw your actors, you know, into semi unsafe situations. We had a great stunt coordinator, all that jazz, but it's not the big budget that you're used to. Well, you, where you're going to have doubles and all that so uh with cut to the chase my whole plan was the way to make it was if i was the one that got hurt consistently throughout the movie um and that that's you know just legally the way that i kind of built it and uh, and so but it's become my go-to you know where like if i'm directing a movie or something and something seems unsafe i'm like is there a way for me to do it and not this person who uh is worth way more than i am <laughs> well, first of all don't you dare sell yourself short thank you oh, that's so so sweet of you i appreciate that and I, to give a lot of credit to you when i saw a cut to the chase and, and this is a testament to who blaine is as a person uh the alamo was showing it and you were showing it um digitally and you came on, you did interviews and everything else. And that was a time when isolation had started. People were locked in, didn't have any new content coming out. And Blaine, she was sharing his movie for people to go out and check it out. So that way they'd have new content to come kind of go and see. I know it's a little bit older. It was 2016. But, like, to bring it back around and do that, that's a testament to you, man. Like, that was really oh. cool of you to do. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. And so much fun stuff. Uh, now, Cupid for Christmas. 
Let's talk about it a little bit. Um, it was shot. We're here, of course, in Winchester. I know that you have spent some time in Winchester yourself, uh, teaching here and working here. Um, you filmed Getaway Around Here, <laughs> you know, which if you guys haven't seen this great horror movie, you should check out. Um, you shot Cube for Christmas here too, right? Yeah, yeah. No, so it's it's been this great, like, collaboration, right? So, like, uh, four years ago, I guess, um, I was living in L.A. and I got hired to go to Winchester, Virginia and direct Santa Girl. Uh, so this was a project that existed. I worked for a production company in L.A. and they had partnered basically with Shenandoah University to shoot on the location there. Use the university as the location and, you know, also uh, bring in students, you know, as you know, some of the crew as some of the talent, you know, like we had, of course, if it's shooting on a college campus, there's lots of college aged characters. So um, we were able to use the conservatory, the acting conservatory they have there at Shenandoah, which is fantastic to, you know, pluck some young actors that, you know, were inexperienced and give them basically their first movie. And it was so interesting because it was new to me and it was obviously new to them, but like they had no idea really what was going to happen. And I'm like, no, no, they, I, I make movies that actually come out like these, this is going to come out. This is going to premiere. This is not just some, you know, uh, college experience Project, thing. Right. You know, we had Barry Boswick, we had Jennifer Stone from Wizards of Waverly Place and Devin Werkheiser from Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. You know, it's like, this is a real cast. And you come in and you play the supporting roles. You know, it's a great gig. And they, you know, we had a great time. Everybody was super supportive, but nobody knew what the hell we were doing, right? Until it came out on Netflix the next year. And then everybody was like, oh, this is real. And I'm like, yeah, we're just shooting it here, man. We could make this anywhere, but we're doing it here. So we did that. And then the university was very kind to me and was like, hey, would you like to, while you're here prepping these things, teach some stuff? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. So I taught screenwriting there and uh, uh, taught like directing for the camera and whatnot. And that the next year I came back and we did Getaway, which we shot in the mountains and hills surrounding very bad idea. Way too cold. Uh, oh, yeah. we, we had a snowstorm that shut us down. It was like, you know, we're shooting all night long. And I'm like, I did not think this through. Uh, but <laughs> that movie uh, did quite well. It was out everywhere. It was picked up and is Amazon and all that jazz. So this is our third. This is our third returning back. Same kind of scenario with Santa Girl where we bring out the the bulk of the main cast from Los Angeles or New York or whatever and uh, the bulk of the crew. And then we fill in the rest of the spaces with students and make it into kind of an educational, uh, you know, experience, but while still being made for the marketplace. And right. uh, so we're, we're super stoked about, like Hulu is very similar to Netflix in that everybody knows what it is, right? And mm. pretty much everybody has, can steal somebody's password and go on and watch it right. yep. <laughs> yeah know? there are multiple people on a couple accounts yep that's yeah well my fiance and i were just talking today about the fact that every time we watch hulu uh this is us pops up and i'm like we've never watched one episode of this i'm like which one of your family members is just <laughs> watching this is us every single day so that it pops up right after you know uh i'm sure it's a great show nothing against it but i, I think it's hilarious that there are all these people out there using her password I mean, oh, hell, it's the way it is. Everything gets thrown around. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's murder documentaries for me on Hulu for my wife. Like, she just watches mine and it's just like, 
hey, you want to watch The Rookie, but we're going to show you this murder documentary. And it's like, damn it. No, man, I didn't even, I didn't even know that we had Peacock. And we got it specifically so that Cherish could watch the uh, Datelines. That's it. I'm like, oh, it's just just another subscription, huh? No big deal. Listen, Perfect timing, yeah. Well, who doesn't want more Dateline, right? Can, right, right. It's all for just while folding laundry, honey. That's it. It's you guys, I honestly have become so savvy on Dateline. Like, you, you, you wouldn't even know it. It's casual. I'm just kind of osmosising it, you know? Yep. But uh, mm-hmm. I know an awful lot about it. So don't try to pull yeah. anything over on me. See, that's the, the scary thing is when you watch that much of it, it means you're that good at the murdering part. Like, doesn't anyone right. understand this? Or, or catching the killers. Like, well, theoretically, good, we should become better detectives, right? It's not true love unless the woman is plotting to murder you at every moment. Yeah, you know about that. <laughs> I don't know if she's plotting it, but she definitely knows how to get away with it. Like we, we always talk about, yeah. you know, the, the flashbacks of like, Blaine would never do anything like this. You know, and all of my friends, that seems so out of character. And then Cherish sitting in the corner with the eyebrow and, you know, she's a suspect. All I'm saying is if anything happens to me, we know what happened. We're aware. We're aware. <laughs> Fan club and detective club. Right. <laughs> Love it. Well, a question for uh, for you about, you know, the process of, of making this movie um, when you came back. You're working with Patricia Harrington again, who uh, mm-hmm. wrote uh, Santa Girl, and now she wrote Cupid for Christmas. Um, and you had written uh, Getaway and directed right. that. All, and again, all three of these being shot around here. When you are collaborating either with the story or for yourself, like when you're writing a story for yourself and you're thinking about this area, is there anything that stands out to you that's like, ah, you know what, I need to use that or that'd be cool, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I find it incredibly helpful. And uh, Patricia and I have a really good relationship. You know, there's lots of feedback back and forth. And uh, I just would just kind of say, uh, w- there's this location, we got to use this. Like, we have to, like, twist it to, to find a way to work in this particular area. I've also found, you know, the, the things that are incredibly difficult to do, like for instance, you know, getaway shooting in the woods and stuff was really hard, you know, based on the time of year it was. If it was a different time of year, it would have been no big deal. Cabins, Airbnbs, lots in, of base camp opportunities, but because it was getting cold um, and I totally underestimated that, uh, you know, it, it became a problem. But uh, every time we do it, every time you do, anything like this you get better at it like you know cupid for christmas was a really great experience for me because i was able to build a bigger team like uh the last two movies it was kind of like all right blaine go make a great feature you know and uh you can have one guy and uh, <laughs> okay that that's very difficult to do uh, of mm-hmm. course i have my producer paul defranco who's you know from la the whole reason i'm have worked at all at Shenandoah university is because paul defranco is the head of the film department there and we worked together in los angeles like you know 15 years ago and like a script that i wrote and he worked on and we didn't actually know each other but we collaborated with the same people right so he's kind of like the old school hollywood guy who knows how to do things but uh you know i need a dp but in this film i got to bring out my gaffer which is fantastic i got a dedicated sound person instead of trying to you know how sound is always something that falls through the cracks and you're like no anybody can do it it's not true it's a very difficult job it's a you know skill-based job so we were able to bring in that person and we had like a core team of 
of real blue collar filmmakers who were able to make the movie so that it wasn't just my DP and I being like, all right, everything technical is you. Everything <laughs> actor or schedule based is me. That's Good luck, everybody. Let's go. Right. That's a really hard way to do it. But I mean, we shot Cupid actually during the pandemic, right? It was the first movie in Virginia to shoot with, with SAG approval and everything uh, after the pandemic or during the pandemic. And it was one of the first like two dozen in America. Um, mm -hmm. So like we were kind of the first through the door and dealing with the Screen Actors Guild and all of their many requirements and safety uh, things. Like we had the first call with SAG and I was like, I just don't think we can do this. I don't think that we have the um the, what the, the bandwidth to handle you know testing three days a week and you know mm -hmm. uh all of these very specific separations of crew and cast um but capital arts the company in los angeles was like no no we're gonna do it and they they dropped the extra money to allow that to happen and wow. it was really satisfying. Like it was scary going into it, but like I've never felt safer than being tested three times a week and everybody getting, you know, uh, a negative test before they show up and then everybody being isolated. And it was kind of a bummer after a long day of shooting that you didn't get to go out, mm. you know, with a cast and have a beer or something. But the payoff was well worth it. Um, but it was certainly a unique shooting experience <laughs> yeah especially yeah. being being first back to it like that now did you was everyone excited to at least be somewhere doing something or was it still that strange trepidation how, how was it what was the general feeling on set the general consensus was everyone was so excited to be working and the idea that we were taking it very seriously. Um, I think there were people who were a little nervous when they showed up, but by day two, they kind of saw how we were doing everything. Um, and so that that made me feel good. Like one of the big things always when you're directing a movie, um, as you know, tragic recent occurrences show is like you're constantly responsible for people's lives. You know, like, you know, people, on, I, I, I've done a lot of movies. I've been working since I was 15 years old, right? And I've seen some really dangerous things happen on set. Accidents that have nothing to do with COVID, that just have to do with carelessness or, you know, um, you know, we're all doing crazy stuff, right? <laughs> it's like crazy you long know, days. Yeah, you know, time again, um, things happen. Yeah. I, you know, I had this story from Six Month Rule um, that um, Natalie Morales, who played opposite me in that movie, uh, tremendous actress. Uh, great, like, go-for-it actresses ready for anything, right? Well, I always think about this. I, I was probably half a bottle of wine in when I wrote this scene where her character gets on a little blue motorcycle. And I just thought it'd be charming and, you know, funny. And then I show up on set and I'm like, hey, somebody got a little blue motorcycle. That's great. Look at that. Look, I can't <laughs> believe that I wrote it and here it is. And, da, da, da. and we shot the scene and the whole thing is Natalie supposed to jump on the motorcycle and zip out, you know, and because of the way that we were shooting it, we were trying to be artsy, right? So it's like I'm in the center of the frame and she goes off the side and just keeps going into the distance, right? It didn't have to be that way, but that's just kind of how it worked out. And uh, we did the one take of it and she was kind of wobbly on the bike. And I'm like, are you okay on this? And she's like, yeah, yeah, we practiced in the parking lot. I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking, I didn't see that. I wasn't there for that. Like, you know, and I tell the DP, I'm like, I'm just not that confident you know that she's used to this stupid little it's not even a regular bike it's like a little cutesy bike right Moped scooter and, uh, kind of deal. <laughs> yeah 
And I kind of, I, I gave in. I'm like, yeah, one more time. We'll do one more and then we're out of this. I don't care what. And she lost control of the bike and jumped the curb. And, you know, it was one of the scariest things of my, you know, life, but certainly my career, you know, and, uh, you know, she got banged up, but she was okay. And she did her biggest scene right after that. But like, it's just an example of we're constantly asking people to do things that are dynamic and exciting and fun to watch and people get hurt all the time. So it's, mm-hmm. um, you have to take that kind of thing seriously. And with COVID no, in no way less than something like that, you know, uh, yeah. like it, it, we, we have older actors in the movie, you know, uh, it's one thing when you're like, Oh, these young people will probably be fine. But like, it was a big, big responsibility. And the best day was rap day where I'm like, I've never wanted to be just, okay, done. Now everybody go home. And, you know, a week later, I just want to make sure everybody's still healthy. And we did it, you know? And, uh, but I was kind of a jerk about wearing the masks and the distancing. I didn't do a Tom Cruise on it, but I had some words. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and you did it so early compared to like even Tom Cruise's freak out. Like, you, you know, one of the first ones. Um, no, the first freak out that should be on there. First freak we should out, put yes, that on yeah. the box. <laughs> first freak out. First freak uh, out post COVID. <laughs> I would like to ask you a question based on what you were just talking about. And I, I don't, we don't like to get anything controversial or salacious on here or anything, but I would love to hear your opinion in terms of, you know, when it comes to safety. We know everything that happened with Alec Baldwin and Rust, and I'm not going to ask your opinion yeah. on that or anything like that. But what I'm going to ask your opinion on is like having firearms on set. For you as a director, do you think that? And I'm not saying a broad spectrum or Hollywood, but for you personally, do you think that that's something that could be replaced with like rubber pistols and, you know, done through posts? Is that something that you, you would? Explore? You know, the truth is I, I defer to, you know, the people that have more of a technical knowledge than I have. I, I've never you. That's not true. I, I just did a short. And in the, the short film we used, um, we had two moments where the idea was I had this gun and I fire and we were going to cut to black before mm-hmm. the you know, gun goes off. Um, and then we use blanks for other parts of the film. Um, but then in post, I was like, I wonder, could we put like a blast or something just to see the beginning of it before we cut to black? And it worked beautifully. And it was incredibly simple. And it was the first time I've ever, you know, used a digital, you know, uh, gun blast or whatever. But I think it works great. And I think, um, I think, what do I think? You know, it's it's Hollywood and Hollywood has this great tradition of gunfights and, you know, uh, dramatic flair and whatnot. But, you know, when bad things happen, you need to pivot. And, you know, I've been really, really lucky in my career as a director. I've always had the same armorer. Uh, His name is George Landrum. He's great, uh, you know, qualified with the certificates and the things and safety first and so many things that happened on that shoot like I've never even heard of and I'm talking about independent movie I'm talking about you know uh, I did cut to the chase was like what $130,000 like tiny 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 movie and I've never seen the cavalier treatment of of arms like that but I think a lot of that has to do with how lucky I am with the people that I've gotten to work with people that take it seriously people that you know I like to think that I would be the person to say this feels like it should be more proper if I didn't see it going that way mm-hmm. I certainly would now but only because I've worked with this guy who's military trained and you know would never suffer fools you know would would literally be the 
last line of defense for the talent. And once you see somebody that treats it like that, it's very hard to see it any way, any way different. Um, because mm-hmm. I do feel taken care of, you know, and I think that's what that position is should be. I wasn't there, you know, I'm not oh, you know, yeah. casting aspersions, but I, I just say that if I'm running a set, that's your job. Please take care of my people. You know, absolutely. That's, that's the major responsibility. And then that is, once again, if that's your job, do your job. And that's a hundred percent. That's a fantastic answer too. And like and to be able to work with somebody and know them so well and know how they do it. That's, I think that's a testament to, you know, I, I'm not of any certain thought process or anything like that. I've been on set with armors and, you know, I've never seen an issue personally. Yeah. So, you know, like I, I think what, you know, whatever works as long as it's done safely. And I love your answer on that. Thank you. Um, now I'm going to get a little, little bit dark because there's Wait, so that wasn't, no, that was, the, that was the easy part. No. This is the darker no. part. This is, this is, I'm going to take a drink for this. Hold on. You guys, spit take. No, uh, okay, so there has been uh TikTok is a big thing right now and things go around and conspiracy theories are huge on there, especially movie conspiracy theories. Now, I think you're the perfect man to answer this question. Oh, no, it comes fantastic. up quite a bit. Do you think that Peter Pan, the children are dead, and Peter Pan leads them to <laughs> Neverland, which is <laughs> their heaven? <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know that I'm the perfect person to ask for that because I work for a company that would probably be mad if I had a certain opinion of that. So I'm going to say that uh, absolutely not. Uh, you know, Peter is the uh, is uh, is youth incarnate fun and uh, happiness and a reminder that everybody should stay young as long as they can. Um, but I, I don't know that I can say that I'm unbiased. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, it it I would be player. kind of a deal killer for me if I, you know, had that you know what? opinion. On. And Blaine, I completely agree with you. Peter yeah. Pan is all about the youth and joy within all of us and that yeah. we need to capture it and hold on to it as long as humanly possible. I, I, I maintain that as well. Every time I hear that and I'm like, no, Stop doing that. They're fine. Well, you know, it's funny. It's like I did uh, I did one of my first I, – I just started doing these comic conventions, you know. I, I'm the voice yeah. of Peter Pan. I don't know if we talked about that already. Oh, yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm the voice of Peter Pan for Disney since uh, 2002's Return to Neverland. Uh, and then pretty much anytime you see Peter Pan, if he looks like the original 1950s character, that's me. Um, so uh, I got approached about doing, you know, these conventions and stuff. And I'm like – that sounds like fun. I've never done that, you know? And it's like, I like to travel and I like, you know, and it's so surreal and amazing, but like I'm sitting in this booth and the woman who is the, uh, the, the body basis for Tinkerbell who did all of the dancing and the moving around and they literally animated off of her is sitting right next to me. Bambi is sitting right over here. You know, there are all these like icons, you know, that are like, I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm sitting here next to somebody that like is this venerated and amazing. But yeah, people come up and they, I've heard a lot of that. And I'm always like, I don't know, man. You know, it's like, it's kind of like, you know, I'm an English lit major. If you can make an argument based on the text, sure. Why not? I'm not going to argue with you about it, but it's not how I like to look at it. (laughs) Well, I, I will say this. I was hoping for your answer. Because like I said, I like the optimist side of it. Yeah. What it is, the childlike nature. And plus it, you know, takes hook out of the equation if you do that. You know, so yeah. no. 
Yeah, what, what, is it, what is it that like hooks the devil? No, nah, I don't like any of that game. No, I'm done not. with that one. I like what I saw originally. Let's just roll with that. You heard <laughs> it here first. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. You heard it here first from Peter Pan himself. <laughs> the conspiracy theories are bunk. Get bunk. out of here. No good. No good. <laughs> I, I love it. You know, we're going on and uh, we were talking about uh, characters and we're talking about Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get into the uh, one of our topics tonight, which is characters from movies or specials christmas movies or specials that we think we would most like to be friends with okay and i'm gonna okay. start with the madman because the madman thank always thank has you i really movie. appreciate that <laughs> we, I, I really i threw you through the ringer for the last two so i was like <laughs> we need to set a bar on this so go ahead <laughs> man, All right. man who would you like to be friends with out of the christmas pantheon of movies and specials Mick, my friend, it took quite the level of consideration to figure out whom of all I would wish to be friends with. I swear with. to God, if you say that polar bear from the Coca-Cola commercial, it's not me. <laughs> Shut up. Of course I'm not going to say that. Those are tr- contrite by comparison. No, my friend, I have decided on truly the greatest of them all, a leader in the pantheon of all of characters. It's the ghost of Christmas past. That dude knows how to party. He's always got a lot of food, ton of drink, Mm -hmm. uh, just so boisterous and happy. Who doesn't want to hang out with someone who who chuckles all the time, screaming, come and get to know me better, man. Like, that's fantastic. (laughs) I love that guy. Like, he just brings the spirits up. He makes you happy. But when he's taking you back, he's taking you back to fond memories, things that built you to the who you are today. So I'm fine with that. I don't need to see the future, and present is just kind of weak right now. So let's go to the past. Let's just live it up. Let's point of order. Fun. Point of order. Isn't he taking Scrooge back to show him what a screw-up he is and how he ruined his life? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look, I'm not following Scrooge <laughs> back, all right? I'm hanging out with the ghost of Christmas past. Whatever so he this chooses guy to is gonna, me, is, we're going with that. <laughs> since you're not broken, he's simply going to show you all the good times that you had. Instead of remember broken. when you did this? Dick, I'll uh, be like, yeah, I do, and you know what? I learned from it, so I didn't do it again this time. Well, check. I kind of, I kind of understand why your best friend is six eight and like nine thousand pounds. Yeah, uh, you're pretty jolly, bro. <laughs> you've got a beard yeah, when like you let that thing grow out. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna say Blaine one more time, and I'm gonna just go, and I'm gonna say if I'm gonna become friends with anybody besides Casey. It's going to be Frank Cross from Scrooge. That guy, Which one from Scrooge? Frank Cross, Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he may be a dick to me at in in first, but by the end of that, I have a feeling I would have a best friend for life. He's great in that movie. I feel like Scrooge is underrated. Uh, and I think it's it's peak Bill Murray. Peak. Oh, absolutely. That was his prime. I mean, he was, yeah. what, a million-dollar movie at that point. He was the big money maker in the 80s. He was huge. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's one of the, you know, there may be flaws in the movie. I don't remember them. I just feel like it's just the Bill Murray show, mm-hmm. you know? And like, yep. that's what you wanted then, right? Yeah. It's like, get the, we don't care about the plot. Get out of here. Just <laughs> let him be mean to people. And uh, the joy that it gave, the joy it that it really, gave me. It was beautiful. Now, Mick, I see the flaw in this. Hold on. There, there's an issue. <laughs> one hath arisen, my friend. So I'm curious <laughs> Are you friends with him before or after? And if you're friends with him during, what are you, a fly? Are you sitting in his pocket? Are you just hanging out awaiting his arrival? 
I think that I am Doring. I think from beginning to end, I'm probably a guy he doesn't care about is insignificant in the beginning. Doring, I'm probably a guy who's just in the way. And then by the end, I think he would go and have a drink with me. Mail clerk. Got it. Mail clerk. <laughs> I'm the guy who's stapling the, the, the antlers on the little dormouse. <laughs> that is, you are that guy. He's, he's probably a lot better guy once he gets Karen Allen back. You know, well, like, yeah. you know. Wouldn't we all be? I feel like that. I feel like, I feel like that. Do you know, she's one of the, uh, the the most starstruck I've ever been was I was at a film festival and Karen Allen was there. And like, this is just a couple of years ago, you know, and I'm just like, I just can't. I can't do anything. I was useless. And my friends are like, talk to her, dude. You know, it's, it's Marion Ravenhill. I'm like, I know who it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> Thank you. Gosh. Um, Good choice. Just guys fast for shots. I mean, hey, maybe then you go hang out. God, that would be amazing. Um, <laughs> those are both very solid. I have, I, I support all, both of your choices. Are you ready for me? Yeah, yes, yeah. please. All right. I have a couple of backups that I wanted to throw out. Okay. Oh, I want to hear the honorable mentions yeah. first. Uh, honorable mentions is uh, I, I'm mad because I can't remember his name, but the kid uh, from Christmas Story who gets his tongue stuck on the pole. Uh, oh. I know that guy. I had him on the show. Awesome. Scott Schwartz played him. He's awesome. His career from like age 10 to 15 is amazing. Like, do you, yeah. you remember that show Kid Corp? Kid Corp? Kid Co? Something like that? Kid Co, yeah. Amazing. I watched that on HBO like every other day, you know, because they used to play movies like 19 what? times a week. Yeah, um, I loved him because he's up for anything. He's a, you know, he's a party guy. You know, yeah. <laughs> stick my tongue on the frozen pole, sure, no big deal. He's hip to hang, man. Yeah. Scott Swartz, uh, and I it's like funny him. because before we go on, I have a quick story. He hated me in the pre-interview before we started. I was talking to him, like, hey, listen, you know, Mr. Schwartz, blah, 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 you know, really easy. I mean, you've done it. You know, Blaine. And it's, you know, I'm just saying, like, hey, is there anything you don't want to talk about, anything you want to talk about? And he just got real mad with me. He was like, just roll it. So we start rolling it, and he's just being really mean to me. And I'm like, all right, do I end this? Like, am I, I'm like, and I was just like, at one point I was like, you know, man, I'm from Jersey. And he snapped out of it because he's from Jersey and he grew up 10 minutes from where I grew up. And the entire interview was just us talking about old places in New Jersey. Of course it was <laughs> because Jersey people connect in the weird Jersey way. They really do. Which from exit? Jersey. But by the end of it, we, we sign off and I'm like talking to him and he's like, you know, I didn't like you at the beginning, but you're from Jersey. You're good people. I'm like, thanks, man. Did you find out what you did to like, you know, trigger this reaction? Not, not knowingly. I mean, I could probably guess because I did ask, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And it was probably his later adult career. Ah. And but I didn't even realize he had an adult career. I didn't do research on it. I need the Wikipedia. This guy, I'm I'm missing out. It's some crazy stuff. But he's a, he he did turn out to be a really nice guy, and he's been supportive and stuff. So uh, I That's will awesome. give it to him. I but, love it. Uh, hey, I, I want to move this plant behind me because it looks like I have like a. Have you guys <laughs> noticed this? The actual little head pop there. I don't like it. Um, all right. Great. This is my second honorable mention, okay? And I feel like it's an obvious choice. Um, the uh, Star Wars Christmas special, R2-D2. Yeah. It counts. Oh, yeah. If you get to be best friends with R2-D2 and you have a, a back way in, like the Star Wars Christmas special, you take it. 
Yeah, right? 100%. And then especially, it's R2-D2. Right. I mean, who doesn't want to be best friends with one of the coolest droids ever? Exactly. Right. That's that's a hard one to, to best. But my choice, my number one choice, is uh, from the best Christmas movie ever, uh, is Argyle, the limo driver uh, from Die Hard, who... Yes. Uh, is the most stand-up dude I've ever seen. He'll drive a guy to the airport. Nobody drives anybody to the airport. He'll hang out in the car Mm -hmm. to see if things work out all right. I'm just going to sit here. Like, I don't even care. We'll go out later. You can stay at my house, he says. (laughs) Who does that? Nobody in L.A. does that except for Argyle, the driver. And then he gets to knock somebody out at the end. So also aggressive. He's got his guys back. Nope. Best friend you could possibly have in a Christmas movie. And that mm-hmm. teddy bear with the heart made it. Oh, right. Yeah. It made it. Listen, <laughs> I think we're we're skirting over a very important uh, detail about Argyle, and that is great music choices, too. Oh, yeah. Great music cool. choices. And look, you know, he's on the phone with his lady putting her off for his bro. On Christmas. He new doesn't bro. doesn't even know. The yep. new bro he doesn't know. Argyle. And he'll be and he'll Argyle. be back for New Year's. That's the <laughs> best choice. <laughs> I was really proud of that. I was really Casey's, proud of that. a close second because as soon as I, as soon as he said his, I was like, mine does not is not going to match up. But <laughs> I was, you know, oh, man. Now I wish I'd put more thought into this because I really thought like Frank Cross was your top choice. No, no, Argyle's probably the Cross. best. Hey, don't beat yourself up, man. Frank Cross is great. <laughs> He's, I mean, Bill Murray's great. Uh, we're excited to see him tomorrow on Ghostbusters. But <laughs> well, Frank Cross is great though because I mean, you get to get hammered with him in some weird penthouse right. and like live the life. He's still rich, even though he's look. He may have pulled his head out of his ass, but he's still rich. Still rich. Yeah, but rich. I got a place to stay with Argyle, and then right. get to hang out with a guy who plays good music, and you get a feast everywhere you go. And but, I'm just gonna say one more time, one more thing is that Argyle's a grown up. Grown-ups don't pick up people from the airport. They don't offer these things. This is like something you do when you're 22. Hey, man, crash on my futon. No. And we can all speak from experience here of either living in L.A. or being in L.A. Nobody wants to drive to LAX. No. Nobody. Nobody. listening. Oh, I'm just going to hang out in Century City while you go to a party and wait for you. No. Doesn't happen. He's he's a one in a million. <laughs> he's the he's the perfect perfect choice here because he would do it for you, and I believe them all it. the way through. <laughs> yeah, those are great choices. Um, you know, and we're talking about some of our favorites and things like that. We're kind of going into Christmas again for Cupid for Christmas. Uh, make sure to check it out on Hulu this weekend. It's coming out. Um, Blaine's new movie. But you know, so we're getting into Christmas spirit. Thanksgiving's next week, and Black Friday is the day after. Friday is when you buy your Christmas gifts. Is it? Yeah, I got to be honest. It's kind of like to me after after you know working in the bar industry for you know all of my twenties. You know all of my twenties. It's kind of like go. Yeah, there you go. I feel like it builds a certain type of person, and that person doesn't go to the bar on Friday night. He just doesn't. The guy the guy goes to the bar on Tuesday night. You know, Bingo. and uh, I am exactly the guy who is nowhere near the stores on the day that, uh, you know, the amateurs are there. It's like, yep. go ahead. You know, I go to bars when it's industry night. That's the night that you Monday night. Sin, Monday, sin Sunday. Tuesday. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's where Sunday, Sunday comes uh, from. 
Well, Blaine, yeah. I, I actually used to work every Thanksgiving night, and one of my favorite things to do was stay up past the 4 a.m. cleaning hour until about the 5 a.m. witching hour and actually driving out to a Best Buy or somewhere, Ooh. getting beating everyone in line, getting a TV. That was my thing. I would get a TV on Black Friday, and then I would go somewhere and just watch people because it was ridiculous. Yeah. No, ridiculous. I would imagine it would. I, I, I think it's funny. Like, you know, I, I have this new kind of uh, – part of my life where I'm teaching and that's never been something but that's never been part of my life but like teaching young uh actors and whatnot and talking about a career and stuff and I'm so depressing I'm always like you know <laughs> work at night get ready to miss all of your friends birthdays if there's a holiday you're working if it's something yep. fun you're working yep. if it's Friday night Saturday night you're working yep. that's how you keep your days free to audition so that you can have a career and I know they just hate me. I'm, I'm like such a buzzkill. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, you could get your cute little store job where you work nine to five and then not have any auditions. Is that what you want? Is that what you live in LA for? It's too hard to live in LA to not get to do the thing that you want to do, right? Says me. Gotcha. I mean, that's I got awesome. opinions. being out there. And I got going, opinions on things. Going through that, though, I mean, that's phenomenal. I didn't realize that's where you came up. That's how you came up. That's fantastic, man. Holy sure. cow. Well, I feel like most of us, most people who do some version of this, you know, there's very few jobs where you can balance being, you know, able to answer, you know, oh, I just got 12 pages that I have to have ready for tomorrow at three. Who can do an audition at three? Everybody yeah. in this town. So yeah. a lot of waiters and bartenders that are just like, I got a big audition tomorrow. Taking the shift off. Can anyone cover? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, and that's why I hated the actors who could sleep in and then go to the auditions. And then I'm sitting there working behind the camera, like, man, I'm here oh, for yeah. another 17 hours. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way, and I'm speaking as an actor, there's no way to live and function in Los Angeles and not be annoyed at the millions of actors who don't seem to have anything to do. It's like, what are you doing? It's Tuesday at noon. Like, get out of here. Go do something. And I'm talking as one of them. It still annoys me. I love it. Stop doing what I'm doing. Damn it. Move along. Exactly. Wait, you think I came to Target at Tuesday at noon so that I could run into a bunch of actors that are also at Target at noon? Right. Well, I, I remember living out there and uh, family members would ask, you ever see any celebrities? Yeah. You could just go anywhere. Just literally yeah. just go anywhere. You walk into anywhere and they're there. And it, and it seems like they're always in front of me in a long line. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. A long, that's really funny. I, I could make a list of a dozen celebrities who I've seen in line, either in front or behind me. In line, that's really funny. But I had the weirdest celebrity sighting the other day. Uh, I, I ran the LA Marathon. And I'm not just dropping that to drop it, but. No, you congratulations. congratulations. Bravo. Thank no, you earned it. 13.1. Way to go. Thank you. Appreciate that. So uh, I'm jogging in Silver Lake, right? And I, I have a, a buddy that's with me for that little stretch, and we're jogging and talking. And who do I see, like, wandering down the street to get a look in, like, a black suit? Christopher Nolan. Christopher ah. Nolan. And I'm like... And, you know, he's so, like, he's not casual. This is not a casual person. Like, he's in a black suit, you know, at, like, 9 a.m. on a Sunday while, you know. <laughs> so he's in the 1930s. He's yeah. in the wrong era. <laughs> I literally, I was like, is that David Fincher? And my friend's like, no, man, that's Christopher Nolan. And I'm like, oh, right. I always get them confused. But it was, I'm like, what a weird sighting. Hey. 
and you know, and then I had 20 more miles to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, a good six mile movie. start. <laughs> yeah. Intro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was in a very good mood for about half a mile. And then I was just like, well, that's the high point. This is, this is just murder from now on. I think my yeah, most. So how did uh, how the finish go, man? How did you feel afterwards? Yeah. Well, I, I'm still on the high of finishing. You know, like it, it oh. was. It's a great. It felt like a great accomplishment. But like I crossed the finish line, and the truth is, I just couldn't believe that I got to stop. Like I had been in this mindset of like it's re- it's still longer. It's you're just gonna keep. Just don't think it's almost over. It's gonna go forever. And I was like. I get to stop. I can't believe it. I never thought it was going to end. I never thought it was going to end. But your, I lived. Your brain went full predator and... mode. You're like, I can keep doing this. I'll hunt a cheetah. Let's go. I can do this all day. Yeah. I, I gotta tell you yeah. though, like something like that. Like, yeah. First of all, I'm never imagining. I'm not even going to dream about running a marathon. That's just too long. It's too long. I can't do it. They say I mean, I'm done. Points. I, I'm done. If like, if I, I would do probably the New York one just because I think that would be a really cool experience. Yeah. But like, I feel like box checked, man. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, yeah. I'm good. I'm like, yeah, I did that. And that's not your only one. Didn't you do one like not too long before that? I did this really stupid way of like, I didn't join any of the clubs or do any of the things that you're supposed to do where you like, you know, every weekend you jog like five miles more. And, you know, I didn't do that. I, instead I signed up for the LA marathon because when I lived in New York, it was always a lottery, you you know, you couldn't just sign up for it. And uh, I I saw that I could just sign up for the LA marathon like six months ago. And I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to do it. And so then I'm like, all right, I'm going to train. And I downloaded all these things and I didn't do the things I'm just, you know, run, three miles at a time, like three times a week. And then, but then I'm like, you know what I need to do is I need to sign up for some more races. So I ran a half marathon. I ran a 10 K and then four weeks later I ran a half. And then four weeks after that, I ran the the full, which is a terrible way to train, but it worked out. <laughs> so crazy. It's like a different kind of step process. That's yeah. yeah. I, again, I, I, my fiance was like uh, very supportive. And after it was over, she's like, I honestly can't believe you finished. You didn't train at all. I'm like, I did. I did. I ran. Training. She's like, you yeah. didn't do what you were supposed to do, and you should be broken right now. So, congratulations. But- I think my favorite was because you did one race, and you, she missed you with the sign in that race. And I saw that. the update, and I saw you do you update afterwards. She missed me. I'm jogging. I pull out my camera. I get my video going. I know this sounds like easy things to do, but when you're running, it's not that easy to do. I know I'm coming up on the love of my life, holding up a sign that she had made special for me. And I have the video. The moment that I see her, she's like this. And somebody steps up to her and asks to take a picture of her. And she's like, oh, yeah. You're like, you know, chit-chatting. <laughs> posing for a picture that the race itself is taking and uh, doesn't see me at all. And I, on the video, I'm literally, I'm like, she, she has her own picture being taken right now instead of. <laughs> I, I, but the second race, you got to give it to her. She did. She was ready, right? Yes. She, yes. It will never happen again. She, uh, <laughs> she fixed it up. She's gonna get full New Yorker next time. She's not now. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. This is him. You have no idea the grief I'm gonna get if I don't make eye contact. Yeah, it's weeks. I love it. Weeks. Well, you know, as we're kind of winding down at the end of the episode, um, real quick, we were talking about gifts and stuff. I want to hear which favorite gift 
you've ever received, past or present. Um, and give me a gift, all right? I don't want to hear about loved ones. We know loved no, no, ones. No. They're Come great. On. I'm talking I feel like about that's a cop out. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite? The greatest gift, gift I've ever gotten is happiness. <laughs> <laughs> My child. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- so this is a, a funny one for me because uh, I've gotten amazing gifts, obviously, and uh, you know from people that love me and all that stuff. But I don't think I've ever been as excited ever as I was when I got the G.I. Joe base. You remember the base, the big, oh, yeah. you know, thing that had rooms and you could open it up and it was like i still remember it as like i thought that was what was in the big box i didn't know but i was so i've never felt that level of happiness <laughs> I've, been chasing, I've been chasing that dragon uh you know for many many years man yeah you know that's yeah. that's a that's a great choice and uh, that makes sense because that G.I. Joe, Joe, man, they had some great stuff. They had my some brother, great stuff. My brother had the huge aircraft carrier. Yeah, my, my neighbor had that one. I, I, it was a little fancier than my, you know, uh, price point. But uh, I, I would have just look at it and just be like, this is awesome. I wish I could play with that with you aren't here. You know, right? Oh, yeah. And it, it, that was the it worst, wasn't it? Out. When you had to play with them because it's yeah. their stuff. But like, who plays their... with GI Joe with somebody else? It's kind of like a yeah. solitary. I thing. had like my one Voltron cat, but my buddy down the street mm-hmm. had all Voltron, and I was like, "Well, I'll bring Blue Cat over, I guess. I'll bring your foot." Yeah, <laughs> bring your play. foot. <laughs> I will tell you, uh, that's a good one. Um, GI Joe always works. But how about you, Case? What do you got, bro? Straight up, it was the original nes when i unwrapped that nintendo entertainment system it was one of the most joyous moments of my life and much like blaine it's just been chasing that dragon nothing else has ever achieved that level because man that was just it was like i knew i was loved for the first time in my life it was funny the stuff that like resonates though like how different human beings are it's like you know I, i was stoked to get that i was stoked but it doesn't go down, you know, in my memory like that other one does. And I have friends that are big Lego heads, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, cool." I just it never really did it for me. The Gina Joe, mm-hmm. everybody's got their thing, and it's wonderful. Yeah. I love that everyone gets their thing. It's, it's me so too. Cool. Yeah, I I will say still, and it it fits. We talked we talked about Ghostbusters a lot lately with the new movie coming out. But when I got that firehouse, yo yeah, oh I bet that that's cool. Uh, yeah. That was that was it for me. That was you know that the one, all that other stuff was cool, but that firehouse was just probably my favorite thing ever. And was that like the cartoon, like the characters from the yeah. cartoon, and not yeah. The, yeah, that was a good cartoon. It was a great yeah. cartoon. Yeah, but you know what? You know, we talked about Ghostbusters. No, it's coming out, but you know what's coming out this weekend that you should see definitely a hundred percent over Ghostbusters. Keep it for Christmas. If you have Damn nothing, uh, if you have anything going on on Saturday, you should cancel it. Cancel. If you don't have anything going on Saturday, now you do have something going on on Saturday. Exactly. That will be on Hulu. That's right, Hulu. Hulu. Streaming on Hulu, you can find Cupid for Christmas. And me, everyone who's been paying attention knows that I'm a massive rom-com mark, especially right now in my big, gooey, sappy stage. So all about it. Super stoked. I know what I'm doing Saturday. You should join. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And I like, I love rom-coms. And one of the things I love about this movie so much is that, um, you know, it, you know, it's, it's family, it's Christmas, it's, but it's also funny. 
Um, you know, the, the, I've got these two great comedic actors and, you know, Richard kind. And, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's big budget level humor and comedy and romance in this, you know, world of the holiday Christmas movie. So hundred percent. And if so. anything like Santa girl, which was a lot of fun as well. I mean, get your, get yourself in the Christmas spirit now. Why not? Thanksgiving next week. It's, it's an official start. Uh, don't visit that Home Alone monstrosity that they made. Go so visit mad you were. for Christmas. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was mad. No, uh, everyone should just go Blaine Weaver hard this weekend. All right, yes. that's what I'm yeah. saying. This is the Blaine Weaver hard weekend. Watch this right is the first weekend of all the weekends that we do that. Like, want, there's plenty of content. You want Boom. action? You want romantic <laughs> comedy? You want drama? You want horror? It's all there. The man there. wears so many hats and is truly amazing. And we thank you every time you come on the show, Blaine. Dude, it's amazing. It's always thank a you joy. So much, and I love talking to you guys. <laughs> yes. And you know, anytime you're always welcome to come on because we always have fun conversations. But guys, make sure you're checking out Cupid for Christmas on Hulu this weekend. Available. Sponsor of this show. We love Blaine. We love whenever he's on. Uh, and thank you again. But guys, you can also check out the scene snobs over at thescenesnobs.com on all podcast platforms or on our YouTube channel. Hit that like button if you like this video, and if you like our stuff, maybe you subscribe. That'd be awesome. But until next time, if you want to know any more about what's going on with us, just listen to the after credits, but we will talk to you guys later. Thank you so much. Well, be kind to each other. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. I'm Mick Manhattan, Scene Snob, and uh, you can check out the Scene Snobs podcast live every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, or you can check it out on any podcast platform or our YouTube channel anytime after that. Thank you to our patron supporters. Without you, this wouldn't be possible. Uh, if you guys want to join, check us out over on thescenesnobs.com. We have links for everything. Uh, the Scene Snobs merch store is open. You can check that out, too. Links again on the site. Or like, follow, and subscribe on all of our social media. Again, head over to thescenesnobs.com. It's all there for you guys. Love you, and we'll talk to you guys soon.